This is Law for Community Workers on the Go, a podcast for community and health workers. We would like to begin by acknowledging that this episode was recorded and made on Gadigal land. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and pay our respects to elders past and present. We acknowledge that this is Aboriginal land. Always was, always will be. Hello. My name is Kerry Wright and I work in the Legal Aid New South Wales Community Legal Education Team. In this episode, I speak with Isabella Wallington and Bud Crawford from the Revenue New South Wales Hardship Program. This program commenced in 2020 and aims to implement a range of strategies to reduce the negative impact of Finestead on vulnerable young people and First Nations people. You will hear about a range of initiatives underway and what is planned for 2021 and beyond. We also talk about how you can help your vulnerable clients speak to Revenue New South Wales to take advantage of these initiatives and break the cycle of disadvantage associated with fines debt. I'm here today with Isabella Wallington. Isabella is the Principal Advisor for the Revenue New South Wales Hardship Program. Hi, Isabella. Hi, Kerry. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. So, Isabella, can you tell us why Revenue New South Wales has a hardship program? Yeah, that's fine. Well, Kerry, we know that the fine system is effective for most of the population in its aim to change behaviour. However, we also know that it can have a disproportionate impact on vulnerable people who find it a bit harder to pay their fines. So Revenue New South Wales realised that we don't want the fine system to be contributing to that cycle of disadvantage that we know some of our customers might be facing. So the hardship program was established to firstly understand the impact of the fine system on specific customer groups and then to design new ways of addressing outstanding fines debt. Okay, and so who is the program targeted at and what do you hope to achieve? Well, so far we've been focusing on vulnerable youth and First Nations people. Uh, Our aim is really to ensure, I suppose, that the fine system is not further disadvantaging those customers. We really wanna build trust in the community and improve outcomes by working with those customers to design better interventions, better policies, better services. Okay. And has any of the program initiatives started yet? Yeah, they certainly have. So we've been running oh, probably for a year now, I think. I joined the program about four months ago, but it was running well before I started. And yeah, there's a number of great things that we've already been able to deliver. It's all... I should say, geared around putting First Nations customers and vulnerable youth, those two target groups I spoke about, at the centre of our approach at Revenue to fines debt recovery. It's ultimately about the government being more accessible and culturally safe. One of the first things that we did to build trust with the community and to provide a culturally appropriate service was we established the First Nations support officer role. So now if a customer calls, and they identify as Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander, we ask if they'd prefer to speak with a First Nations support officer. And if they would prefer that, then they're able to take up that option. One of the other things that we've delivered 
is that accredited social workers in private practices can register as sponsors under the Work and Development Order Program. So this was something that in the research we did, you know, at the beginning of this program, we heard was really important in order to improve access to medical or mental health treatment, but particularly for our regional and remote customers um, who have struggled to get access to some of those options under the WDO program. We've also stopped sanctioning licences as a first response to overdue fines. Uh, we did this because we wanted to reduce the negative impact that this approach was having on people living in regional and remote areas who have pretty limited public transport options. So losing their licence had a really big impact, you know, on family obligations, work obligations, social ones. Another thing that we've done to remove barriers for low-income and vulnerable customers whose licences have been suspended because they haven't paid their fines, we've enabled our staff to be able to lift their licence sanctions without them having to pay a lump sum payment because we know that those lump sum payments were actually quite a big barrier for a number of our customers getting their licences back. One of the last things that we've delivered so far is we've really been changing the way that we communicate with vulnerable youth and remote customers to encourage them to more actively engage with us to resolve their debt. So if you see letters that have come from us or text messages, I hope that you'll notice that we've changed our tone and we're looking for more age and culturally appropriate modes of reaching our customers as well. Wow, that sounds like um, you've all been very busy. <laughs> we have. <laughs> so what do you have planned for 2021? Oh, look, I'm so lucky, Kerry, with this program. We've got so many exciting things planned um, for this year. So one of them I've spoken about regularly is that we're hoping very soon to have the powers to arrest people or issue warrants of commitment for overdue fines repealed very soon. And we're doing this in order to build trust with the community. So we know that people are aware that police are currently able to, if they choose to, arrest people because of unpaid fines. It's never actually been done. Um, so when we had a look at that, we realised, well, if it's never been used, it's probably not needed. And we also heard that it was, it was something that was sort of hanging over people's heads. So we're hoping that that'll be repealed very soon. We're implementing some changes to enable debt to be written off for customers who have demonstrated positive behaviour change. And that could be, for example, through compliance with their payment plans. So they get to a certain level of compliance, which we feel demonstrates positive behaviour change. We can write off the rest of that debt for them. We'll be amending the Work and Development Order or WDO guidelines so that cultural activities can actually be legitimately included as WD activities um, and providing some examples of those, really important. We're doing some work with FACTS right now actually to identify any youth in out-of-home care who also have fines debt and we're doing that so that we can then resolve the debt for those youth in out-of-home care through write-off or some other kind of action. We are activating some strategic fines action plans in target communities that are really struggling with or challenged by uh, fines debt. So we're starting with Mount Druid and Walgett. We've been working with those communities for a while, uh, going out there and creating action plans with them. Those are being activated now by our outreach workers, Emma and Bud, which is fantastic. We are going to be 
sharing safely, of course, um, de-identified finds data at the community level to community partners like yourselves who need it. So we hear a lot that people out in the community, you know, working on the ground really want to have access to more data about what is going on in their community in relation to fines and debt. We really want to help provide that information. We need to make sure that we do it safely, but we want to do it better than just dumping large tables of data on our website. So we're doing some work at the moment to come up with hopefully a really user-friendly option um, for community partners to be able to access that kind of community level finds data. Couple more things. Off the back of a trial with Redfern Legal Centre, we will be rolling out an approach which leverages legal centres assessments of customers in order to write off debt so that customers and advocates don't need to tell the same story over and over again to multiple different organisations, including us. I guess importantly, we're working across government with lots of different departments to solve some complex problems that are driving some of the higher fines we see in these communities. So those include fines associated with voting, particularly in remote communities, and also public transport related fines in young people. We're working very closely with transport on that one, for example. Wow. Well, that's your year mapped out for you, I can <laughs> <It> see. <is. laughs> so uh, thanks so much, Isabella. And as you said, I think uh, community and support workers would be very interested to hear about these new initiatives and looking forward to hearing more. Uh, I know that right. you, your staff attend the community cooperative legal service delivery meetings in the region so they'll be we keeping um, partners up to date so encourage people to join in with those CLSD meetings to hear more and I'm also going to be chatting to Bud later on in this episode about the Revenue New South Wales First Nations hotline which you mentioned can you talk a little bit about the Revenue New South Wales advocacy hotline you just mentioned advocates how do people come on board with that yeah, so really happy to talk about the advocacy hotline. I guess it's there because it allows advocates to act on behalf of their clients um, who may not be confident in calling us, in calling Revenue New South Wales themselves. And, you know, I've talked about it a bit, but we understand that many of these customers face, face really unique challenges in their lives, which can, make, which can make it difficult for them to resolve their debts with us. And so advocates like your listeners, I'm sure, we know are really critical to helping um, vulnerable members of the community resolve their debts. So the hotline connects advocates to staff at Revenue New South Wales who have an in-depth knowledge of our processes and are familiar with the unique challenges faced in particular by vulnerable customers. Um, there are some things that you might need to do. So as an advocate, you may need to provide an authority to act from your client so that through the hotline you can be given information and advice about debts that are owed to us by the customer that you're representing. In many circumstances, um, we'll act on the information that you give us by placing, an enforce, uh, placing any enforcement activities against your customers on hold, for example, to give you time to be able to help them. There are some other things that you need to do in order to act as an advocate. I mentioned the authority to act. You need to register with us and you can find information about how to do that 
on our website. And as I understand it, I think we'll be able to provide a link to the website and the registration page on the notes that sit with this podcast, Kerry. Yes, um, I'm doing that. I will do that. That's right. Great. The hotline, it's a priority service. So you call it and you get very quickly through to someone. It's supported Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5 p.m. The number is 1300 135 627. Thanks, Isabella. So finally, as you know, this, um, this podcast is for community and support workers interested in learning about new laws and services that can help their clients with legal problems like fines. So yeah. can we finish by hearing from you what your one or two key messages would be for community and support workers who may have young people or First Nations people as clients and they find out they've got fines they can't pay? Look, that's really easy for me. Um, it's one key thing. We really want all of you to see Revenue New South Wales as a trusted ally in breaking that cycle of disadvantage for our most vulnerable customers. We want you to work with us to help your customers get the best outcome. And we really do have a range of good debt resolution options on the table, depending on a customer's circumstances. They range from payment plans, work and development orders to debt write-off. I've talked about some of the changes that we're advocating for here. We love to hear from you what else will be helpful for those customers. So please, please do share that back with us whenever you can. In my mind, and certainly in the, in the mind of Revenue New South Wales, you really are a key advocate for the customers that we want to reach so that we can help resolve their debt. So the bottom line is please encourage and support them to work with us so that we can we can do that for them okay well thanks very much Isabella for your time today yeah we look forward to hearing more about what's happening in the future total pleasure Kerry we'll be happy to chat again soon okay so now I'm going to speak with Bud who works with Isabella in the hardship program hi Bud Hi, Kerry. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. So, Bud, tell us about your role with Revenue New South Wales. Yeah, so, Kerry, with my role with Revenue, I'm one of two community engagement officers and the other being Emma Hickey. And I work with the First Nations communities and virtually, we're doing that virtually at present because of COVID. Um, once COVID restrictions on travel are lifted, we will then resume that work in person as well as meet regularly with the First Nation support officers to compare feedback and continue to look for ways to enhance his service to those communities. Okay, and have you done that role for very long? Yeah, so I've been in this role with Revenue for five years now. Um, and it has changed recently, not the role itself, but just the way that we are presenting and doing the work because of COVID. So prior to that, how did you engage with the, the First Nations communities? So prior to the, the COVID pandemic, we were doing a lot of community face-to-face -face type of work. And then once COVID started, because of the, all the restrictions and not wanting to transfer any of the COVID disease around, um, all of the travel was suspended and outreach work for, this, for us was suspended, um, which 
just stopped the face-to-face -face really. We now do everything virtually until the restrictions are lifted. Um, then we will get back out into the communities and start doing the face-to-face -face again. So Isabella has given us an overview of the Revenue New South Wales Hardship Program. So now I'm interested to know which areas of New South Wales is the Hardship Program targeting? The targeted areas are Walgett, Burke, Brewarrina, Nara, Taree and Mount Druitt. And why did you choose those areas? We've chosen these communities as our initial focus based on data with the high proportion of fines debt, but also a high proportion of higher population of First Nations people. We also done some research into a number of these communities at the outset and saw and heard for ourselves the challenges they are facing. Um, so that's why we've chosen those areas to start with. Have you already met with all of those communities or you, it's sort of a rolling program? We haven't met with all of those communities as yet. We've met with some of them and it's going to be a rolling program, which is always going to be ongoing. So at the moment, we're just, we've seen two communities and getting some action plans into place for those. And then we'll roll, start rolling across the rest of those chosen areas. Well, that sounds really interesting. But I know you've worked with many Revenue New South Wales customers over those five years that you've been there. But can you share with us a story about someone you've helped recently under one of the hardship program initiatives? Yeah, so under one of the initiatives and that mainly with the hotline, the First Nations hotline, got a call to help an Aboriginal elder who had emphysema and was travelling in New South Wales because of the COVID and that person being stuck in New South Wales received a parking ticket uh, for not having, not displaying a parking, disability parking permit. And that gentleman, the elder was quite upset and had rang and spoke to Revenue and was not, wasn't happy with what he heard back and what he was told. So when he rang back again, he asked if he could speak to somebody in the First Nations team. They got in contact with me and I gave the elder a call back. And through dealing with the elder that way, we were able to get all the documents that we needed. Um, we were able to su submit those together to revenue in the hope of getting the, the fine waived and just a warning added. And then the the financial part of it was taken away and because of all the documents and speaking to the elder we were able to do that so that was really good and it really showed how the first nations hotline sort of helps where people if if i if they identify can nominate to speak to a first nations operator can you tell us a bit about that first nations hotline has that been operating for a while now yeah, so it's been operating for a while now. So when we done the community consultation at, a, at the very start of this, we heard that being able to talk to someone from their own cultural community created a stronger sense of belonging, which helps First Nations customers engage with the government. And then we listened and put that into place. So it's been going for about three months now and it's been going really successful. And customers will notice when they call up Service New South Wales as well, they'll be asked whether they identify as a First Nations person. 
And when a customer chooses to identify, they'll be connected to a First Nation support officer who will discuss the options to resolve the fines with the customer. This is all part of providing a culturally appropriate and safe service to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And next we plan to automatically connect customers to First Nation support officers where the customers are opted in for that service. And can workers use that line as well, Bud, if they've got a client that is a First Nations person? So if the client is with them, they may be able to and the operators can get verbal permission. But if the service providers are registered as an advocate, they can use that as well. All right, and we'll we'll put that number in our show notes for this podcast episode, but uh, it's basically the the hotline number for WDOs one three hundred four seven eight eight seven nine, and as you said, Bud, um, people are asked to identify when they talk to the person who picks up the line, and then they'll transfer them through. So, is there many people on the First Nations hotline? that people can talk like, is it all yep. the same hours, nine to five or 8.30 to five, Monday to Friday? Yeah, so it's a, the same hours as the uh, normal contact centre for revenue. And what it is, the First Nations, is six identified staff who take those First Nations calls as a priority. As long as there's, you know, a call there in line, there will be an identified contact operator there who can take the call but there is systems in place where there are notes that are able to be left if there's calls that are waiting or if people want to want to get a call back from the First Nations team. So finally Bud, the Law for Community Workers on the Go podcast is for community and support workers. Can you finish up by giving us your one or two key messages for these workers if they're helping First Nations people with fines debt that they can't afford to pay? So my advice would be for service providers is to ask the question if people do have fines and if they do get on top of the fines as soon as possible. That way you can stop any further enforcement action and any other action taking place which might hinder the person's progress um, of where they want to go. So if they'd done that and got in contact with revenue at the very start or as soon as their knowledge of the person having fines can make the process a lot easier. Mm. And just to remember also that fines don't ever go away unless they're being managed. So to ask that question at the very onset of when they're taking on a new client. Yes, that's right. So dealing with it early, as you say, they don't go away. They just stay on the record. Okay. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Bud. We really appreciate that. And yeah, good luck with your new hardship program and initiatives with the First Nations community. Thank you, Kerry, and happy to be a part of that. I hope you found this conversation with Isabella and Bud interesting and useful for your work. See the show notes for links to the hotline numbers and resources that we've discussed today during this episode. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode and found it useful, please share it with your organisation, your colleagues and communities. If you would like to access any of the information spoken about in the episode, please see the links in the show notes below. 
Until next time, thanks from all of us here at the CLE branch at Legal Aid New South Wales.